Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You didn't shift mentalities there, did you? All right. Just checking. Don't check your phone now. Not going there right now. Amen. Amen. The Lord delights in showing himself to us. He is happy about revealing himself. He is pleased with, with bodies healed, minds set free. Amen. Amen. And there really is something about people's minds being set free. Some of you got it already. Minds being set free. But the Lord delights in this. He takes pleasure in showing himself to you. He takes, uh, it puts a smile on his face when, when our Christianity moves beyond a theology and into the person of himself. You know that's the case? Uh, you may be familiar, maybe you're not. If not, I'll make you familiar. <laughs> uh, one of the words translated in the scriptures in the New Testament as no, or K-N-O-W, no, uh, uh, has to do with more than mental knowledge. It really goes down to, the, to an experience of knowing God, right? Uh, you, could, uh, you could have a friend, you could have a spouse, um, you could say, I know them and give their stats, you know, their age, their hair color, that kind of stuff. But what is that? I mean, that doesn't really mean you know them. It's kind of more knowing about them. But when you spend time with someone, when you've lived life with someone, uh, then over time, you could say you know them and it means something entirely different than, yeah, you're wearing a green shirt or, you know, they like tennis shoes or, they, or, some, or something like that, right? Everybody with me? Biblically speaking, you could even take this into the, the language, um, Adam knew Eve, you know, speak, Joseph didn't know uh, Mary, and you know, until after Jesus was born, right? Uh, knowing then, in that context, you know what that means. So it's very intimate in the marriage relationship. Knowing, knowing God, same word. Okay, like when Jesus said in John seventeen, "This is eternal life, that they would know you, the Father, and know." him know Jesus. And so God wants us to know him and the knowledge of God is more than a, a memorization of his facts. I got the Trinity down. I got the omniscience and the omnipotence and the omnipresence down. I understand how God's eternal and those kind of things. Okay, those are awesome facts, helpful to know them but what has he done for you lately? What has he said to you? How has he worked in your life? I mean, no, that's a whole, you take one person who can lay out all the theology and just be spot on 
and someone who is maybe less inclined to know all that and get all that right, but has, a, has an intimate walk with God where they experience him, I'll take the second person any day. And I'm a teacher, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a word person. I don't wanna be wrong about anything at all. I wanna be right about everything. I wanna be in line with this. Yet I would still say, if I had a choice to be right biblically about every little detail of theology or to have an experience personally with God himself, I'd take the, 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 the experiential knowledge. Amen. Amen. Not that these have to be you know, separated, for, uh, mutually exclusive, that you can have both and that's what we want. Amen. I was considering, never thinking that I would be I would use it tonight, but I had been pondering, um, I don't know, peak moments in my life. Peak, uh, what would you call those sometimes? Uh, highlights? Is that what you said? Uh, okay, stop. <laughs> Let me think here for a moment. <laughs> Let me think. I'm preaching here. <laughs> uh, Something points, like uh, turning points, like uh, there, there's another. <laughs> I'm going over here, because <laughs> you guys are respectful. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one, of those, one of those moments that came to mind, I thought, process, process, boom. And this is, you might think this is strange. Uh, but I was in a service many years ago. This is before I was in pastoral ministry and things like that. I was, I was somewhat new to uh, some of what we just did, meaning that length and that intensity and that anointing of shouting and, and somewhat new. And in particular, I didn't move my body. I didn't move my feet. <laughs> I did open my mouth, but uh, I didn't move my body and move my feet. Some of you can relate to that. You thought, I'm not moving my body or my feet. Well, you're in a wrong service, by the way. That stuff is totally on the table in here. Anyway, uh, I was in a service, and I had, I had witnessed not just, uh, you know, Pentecostal or charismatic tradition, but the real anointing coming on people and them moving their body and moving their feet. <laughs> and, and from my vantage point, my head went, and my, on the inside, I went, yes. <laughs> it's like, God's on that. That's not just, you know, someone dancing to the beat. That's not just someone moving because they got some boogie. <laughs> God is on them. And when I, see, when I can recognize the anointing on anyone doing anything, sign me up. That's the way I am. I want, I like what Wigglesworth said about having, uh, I'd rather have the anointing on me for five minutes than to own the world with a fence around it. And uh, when you experience the, the presence of God, bam, man, it's just better than anything else. And, uh, and thank you, Lord, I'm living in it right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, let me get to my story. Um, defining moments. I got my word. Uh, <laughs> why didn't anyone help me? 
<laughs> and uh, anyway, I was in this service, and, and the, the, the Spirit of the Lord began to move that way and to where people would, uh, would shout and, and dance. And, and I had never done anything like that, so my head was like, ah, you know, self-conscious, all that stuff. And on the inside, I'm like, I need to step into this. And there were some people that were, that were running in the service. Running. You know, Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah. Remember, he ran the chariot. That's Old Testament. And uh, anyway, I finally did. I left my seat. <laughs> and I found an open path. And we're all praising God and shouting. And some people are getting, you know, kind of into it. And, and I went for a run. <laughs> I did. I went for a run. You ran in church. I wasn't running out. I was looking for a path to run. Woo! Glory! And I was shouting as I did. Glory to God! Hallelujah! And I'm running. And I ran. And then I stopped. And I did a little dance. And I ran back. Got back to my seat. And by that time, I was so swimming in the anointing, I could hardly stand. I remember just kind of draping over the seat in front of me going, oh. not because I ran far or like I was tired, like out of shape or something like that. It was just glory to God. And you think, why was that like a defining moment? I, I'll never forget it. I got free up here, I got beyond myself and me on my own pride and a number of other things. And it was right. It was the spirit of the Lord. It wasn't for show for anybody else. I wasn't seen by others because I wasn't the only one participating, you understand? And, and so uh, and maybe I was seen by others, but it would have been drawing attention to the Lord, not to me. Amen. I just think it's interesting. You think, well, what are your experiences in God? Well, when I got saved, for sure, that's the biggest. You know, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's, that's huge. But who would ever say, well, I ran in church? <laughs> I'd say that. Because after that point, I didn't have any problem. I still don't have any problem. The Spirit of the Lord comes on me, I'll stand on the stage and jump. I don't care. Why? Wow, I'm free. I'm free. Amen. And I gotta tell you, uh, some of you, you don't have this hurdle. Others do. Think, well, I don't even know about that stuff. Well, start knowing about it. Amen. Uh, here's my point. The Lord wants our relationship with him to be totally free in all areas. I'm not talking about being strange or weird. I'm talking about doing biblical things. Amen. And, and, and we need not be caught up with anything as far as be, letting it be a hindrance in our life. And sometimes other victories are hinging on our yieldedness to the Lord. He wants to give us an experience. He wants to give us an experience with him. I don't mean we're seeking a feeling or we're seeking a vision or seeking some kind of external uh, something. We're just seeking him. But I tell you, he's a person. He's a real person who lives in us and with us and is for us. And as we seek him, 
There'll be times when you step out in faith and you run right into him. I literally ran into him. <laughs> I ran and boom. And I was free in that area of my life. Amen. I don't know. Maybe the Lord has, has some, I know this to be the fact. There are some experiences awaiting people in God. It doesn't have to look like what mine are because it's your own relationship. It's your own God. It's your own experience. And he has experience for, for people in here that you will, uh, you will experience him. It won't be the only one, but you'll always remember some of them will stand out to you as highlights. And you'll talk about it year in, for years to come. And some of it will be, you know, sometimes people look for it when there's ministry or laying on our hands, and it happens that way. I've got some testimonies along that line too. But some of my experiences, there's no one else in, there was no one else involved. And sometimes that happened when there were many, many people around me and no one else knew it was happening. And I was having an experience with God. I suspect that's even happened tonight already. People have had experiences with the Lord and and you're wondering, am I the only one experiencing this? Well, prob probably exactly like that, yes. And others are having their own. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and sometimes even, uh, even it with, with struggling in the, in the area of, of your thoughts, struggling in the mind. Uh, thank you, Lord. He's helping us. He is always setting us up to succeed. The, the difference, the, the kicker, the game changer, the thing that makes a difference in the gap between what God wants to do, what he has, let me say it this way, what God has for us to receive, what God has for us or what God wants us to do so that's God's side, what he has for us to give to us, what his will for us is that we should do for him, and what we actually have and what we actually do is our ability to receive and to yield. If I can receive, I can have everything God wants me to have. If I can yield to him, I can do whatever he wants me to do. And someone might say, well, what does that have to do with the, you know, like the running? So with the, I don't know exactly, but I bet if I hadn't done that, either at that moment or at some point, I would have been limited in my ability to be used of God in other areas. Amen. Now, I don't mean to magnify this as too high or too important or make this like the main thing by any means, but I remember there was one uh, girl when I was in Bible school, see, I was single, and this girl was not near as good as Amy, <laughs> and, uh, but I remember, <laughs> and I, but I remember uh, her, her saying to me uh, about uh, sometime during that time uh, when when people were shouting and dancing and that kind of stuff like that. And she said, she said to me, I'll never do that. And, I, and, and I'm just like, I just kind of blew it off on, on the inside said, and I would never be with someone who would, who would speak like that. 
<laughs> say, that's harsh. And I say, be with, you know, like, like we're with each other. <laughs> I would never want, why? I don't want someone who has that, that heart of heart. I don't want someone who's closed up. I'll never do that. Well, you're, you're full of pride, probably. That's why I say sometimes there's a breakthrough in one area and it opens you up in other areas. And the Lord moves on you to act a certain way, to say something, to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. And by your obedience, you run smack dab into the, into the anointing and the presence of God. And now other things can happen in your life. Amen. Someone says, I'll never speak in tongues like they do over there. Well, fine. Limit your life down to a one. Huh? I just wouldn't say something like that. I would say I want anything the Lord wants me to have. If it's in the, even if I don't have it today or don't understand it or something like that, that's fine. The heart is, the heart of the true follower of Christ says, I want all of him. I want whatever he wants. And if I don't know how that's, I'm setting that aside. I'm gonna trust him. I want God in my life. I want his work. I want, his, not, not just pick and choose, buffet. I like a buffet. I want to eat what I want to eat. I don't want to do that with the will of God. Well, I'll take one of these, and I'll take one of these, and that's for other people. Amen. And so the, I want to put myself into this position of receiving and being yielded to him. So watch, I started to say this, and I saw this real clear just recently. But God is always working towards us to that end. To the end of whatever we have need of being filled, being met, whatever he wants us to do, that we are enabled to do that. That means we're equipped, we're gifted, we're anointed, we're graced, we have the knowledge, we have the understanding, the, the experience, he is working towards us to that end. So we are both full and useful, okay? If I am not full, full of the knowledge of him, full of the gifts of God, the power of God, if I am not being used by him, then he will work towards me to that end. So, that can happen different ways, but one of the ways it will happen is we will find ourselves talking with certain people. We will find ourselves in services, listening to things like this, or popping into a service and all of a sudden they're popping up and down and people are jumping or whatever. We'll find ourselves, we didn't know it was coming, but God was arranging an appointment. He was in arranging an encounter with his anointing so that we would be able to succeed. Because where we presently are, we lack knowledge, we lack uh, even gifts, we lack strength, we lack uh, the ability to walk in his best, we lack the ability to receive a need met, or we lack the sufficiency to be healed or to have our finances magnified. 
Those things exist, but God, in the middle of whatever lack there, there is, is constantly working towards us so that that problem would be resolved. So we're getting, here's what I mean. We, we might not connect the dots, but we should. If we hear a message, see, I hope I'm saying this clear. I have a lack or I have a lack of usefulness or I have something, something that's not up to full potential. And God, I find my, he's working and I find myself hearing about faith. I'm gonna connect the dots and say, hmm, the Lord's ministering through the pastor about faith. There must be something in here that I need to see. I need to get this because and some of you can do this math real easy. Faith is necessary to receive. Faith is next necessary to act and obey God. Huh, I wonder what the Lord's trying to get to me. I wonder what the Lord wants me to do, and I've been slow to do it because I didn't believe that it was possible or believe that I could or believe that he could in me. And now I'm sitting here hearing about faith. Wow, God's wanting to do something. Or, uh, you know, we come in here and, oh, the word today, oh, it's about humility. We start thinking, ah, humility. And the first thought is, well, I don't have a problem with that one, so. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. <laughs> and we, but we start thinking, oh, that's a nice subject or, or whatever, or I know that already, or this is a good subject I can learn. Slow down, now watch. Maybe there is pride working in our hearts and pride is a resisting force to God. When someone is proud, they get resisted by God. I'm not teaching that now, but you know that, some of you know those scriptures, right? If someone is proud, they're being resisted by God. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get us close to him. He's trying to make us useful to him. But if we're proud, we get demoted. And so we start hearing this message about humility, about being humble before God. Why? He wants to promote you. But we're, not, we're sometimes not even doing the math. We're just saying, oh, isn't that nice? There's a nice message about being humble before God. Isn't that sweet? And then by three hours later, what was church about today? Oh, you know, Jesus, you know, God. You just missed your promotion. I see you're still struggling with that problem. Yeah, I don't know. I can't seem to receive. And they didn't even teach on healing today. <laughs> but could it have been another issue? And the Lord knows exactly what we need and he's always for us and never against us. And so he's working constantly to get in us what we need to succeed, to receive from him, to be used by him. Strongholds are coming down. Jesus is lifted high. Now, I'm not gonna necessarily make every song prophetic. I'm not gonna make every little tiny, th but I am listening constantly. I think you ought to listen constantly. 
for themes, for messages, for subtle, really the voice of God coming through what we're saying and what we're doing. And if a service goes a direction like it has tonight, start thinking, huh, I wonder, wonder what God's trying to get to me. What was that? This was for those people who have, they're listening to wrong thoughts and they're bound up and I don't have that. Slow down, slow down. That's probably true, but God can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> and he can set one person free from a demon over here and your mind gets clear and your bondages get broken and he can give someone direction for their life over here all at the same time. And, and one, one person, they popped up and got the answer and the other person popped up and they got their knee healed. And another person got over their pride and said, I'm going to worship even though I'm in the back row. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's for us. He's with us. He's working towards us continually. Amen. Say, what if I, I'm doing the wrong thing and he's still working towards you? You're, you belong to him. I mean, parents, if your kids do some funky things or go off the deep end in your life, do you just write them off? Well, they made some mistakes, so. Psh. No, you're constantly looking for a way to get them back on track. Right. Depending on their age, if they're young, you're gonna make them, right? Yeah. With force. If they're old, you're going to pray for them. You're going to talk to them with wisdom. No matter how far away they get, you're going to do whatever you can. You think God is less than we are towards our kids, him towards us? Oh, he's always working towards you. The Lord's trying, even if everything's good, even when everything's fine, he wants to get a message to you. Why? He wants to promote you. He wants to take you higher. He wants to give you increase. He wants to use you. And your knowledge of God, he wants to move it beyond mental into experiential. And there's never a time when we've exhausted the fullness of all he is and all he can say and all he does. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we're raising our intelligence here, our spiritual intelligence here tonight to where we're not letting the help of God blow right past us. We sit in church week after week and we even do our daily chapter and we're reading, we're praying and miracles are blowing by us. We're just thinking, that's nice, that's cool. That's sweet, you know, I love that one. Instead of, what's the Lord saying to me? How is he equipping me? How is he revealing to me something that I've not seen myself? He's plugging a hole over here. Amen. So it might be a good idea for us to to pray that way and say, Lord, what are you trying to get across to me that I'm not blatantly or evidently just seeing? I'm not getting this, but is there something I need to participate in? Something I need to, uh, uh, to receive from you as far as a word, an adjustment, a change that allows more. Amen. Can I give you one verse tonight? 
Hallelujah. This is a believer's meeting, so we don't have an ending time. But I don't keep you long unless God makes me or wants me to. Uh, Let me show you a verse in Acts. Some of you know this. Acts chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. In Acts chapter 3, Peter was preaching and basically blaming them for crucifying Jesus. And, uh, and he was right. <laughs> he said, you did this. But then he, got, he will let him off the hook. He said, I know you did it without knowledge. I know you did it ignorantly. Your, your, your rulers, they did this ignorantly. But then he said in verse 19, um, well, let's see verse 18. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. So you did this, you didn't know what you were doing, but nevertheless, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. And he did what the prophets foretold. He said in verse 19, repent therefore. In other words, because Jesus suffered for you, because you did this even ignorantly, now it's just time to repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I want you to notice that language, that times of refreshing may come. What do you mean refreshing? It's like refreshing is like getting a breath of air. Times of... You ever been in a stuffy room and then the air conditioner kicked on or you went outside and went, (gasps) we were talking recently and uh, Whitley was sharing about uh, practicing with a choir in a confined space and how uh, they were all, you know, belting and singing out and practicing their parts and they were in a big choir in a small area. And she said, after a while, it was like it was hard to breathe in there like we used up all the oxygen. And I thought, oh, that's probably something to that. And she found it hard to breathe. Okay, times of refreshing, this is what happens in life. Sometimes it gets hard to breathe. Sometimes being away from God or just being out in the world, there needs to be times of, (sighs) you're parched, you need some cool water. You're out of breath. You need some cool air. You need to be refreshed. And so because of that, that need, there are times of refreshing that come. Amen. Times of refreshing. What precedes a time of refreshing? What enables that to come? Is it solely an act of God? Is it solely a move of God, independent of our involvement? Does God just refresh and everyone's alive again and everyone's happy and you're filled and you're strengthened, you're renewed and you're ready to take on the world? Or are there things that lead to it? Here, this, this verse says, verse 19, repent therefore, repent 
the simple, ex, the simple definition of that is change of thinking, change of mind. There's more to it, but that's the simple one. He said, if you'll change your mind about this and be converted, so I think this way, I need to change my mind about the Lord, change my mind about sin, about my life. I need to think in a different way. That's what, why, why God's working towards us constantly. If we are thinking in a way that is out of line with his plan, his word, his, his promise of freedom and healing and victory, then what, what needs to happen before we can be refreshed? First thing that happens is I change the way I think about something. Then he said, and be converted. That means I'm going a new direction. So I'm going this direction, and I'm, now I'm seeing it different. Now I'm thinking different. Oh, I get this. Oh, God's speaking to me. Oh, he's telling me something. So I'm going to change and go this direction now. I'm going to walk away from the past, away from the world, away from sin, the darkness, the devil, and I'm going to walk towards the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes you just, I just have to run. Because I used to be a stander. Then I had to become a runner. And when I ran, I was refreshed in the presence of the Lord. I got a touch from God that didn't come by standing. It did not come just by using my mouth. It came by me thinking different about this. I had a certain mentality that needed to change and God was gracious enough to me to tell me, to tell me, to tell me, to show me, give me examples, and then put me in the middle of his spirit going, woo! And I'm in the room going, whoa, what's going on here? Ah, I gotta get out of here. I, out of my seat. And that's what happened. He said, that your sins may be blotted out, remove all guilt and shame and stain and sin, so that this time of refreshing, I see this. Repent, therefore, be converted, that your, or we could say, so that. So that your sins may be blotted out. So that. Why, why, why get rid of the sin? So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In other words, the end result is the Lord wants refreshing. He wants times of refreshing. He wants them for you. He wants them for me. These are experiences with him. These are more than mental knowledge. You move from the knowledge. You get the knowledge so you can change your thinking. You get the knowledge so you can turn a different way in life. That's the repentance so that the Lord can wipe away anything that hinders, anything that stands in the way, and then the refreshing can come. God's refreshing is a, he's always, you could say he's always on, but we're not always refreshed. And sometimes a little change, a little action, a little motion there, and we walk right under the waterfall. And whoo, glory to God, look at that. Amen. And so the Lord is setting you up. The Lord has, has totally set you up. It's a total setup for you to win, for you to succeed in this life, for you, your needs to be met for your life to be full, for you to succeed where you failed, for you to make a transition from past, from family tradition that was not helpful. 
make a, tra- a transition from, uh, uh, you know, bondages from the past, even generational things. He's setting you up to break that. Totally setting you up. Hallelujah. Meaning, anyone who calls on him, he starts arranging a plan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have him meet this person. I'm gonna send him to this church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect him with this service. I'm gonna have him in the right place at the right time so that they'll have an opportunity to run. They'll have an opportunity, what? To receive and to yield to me. And so he'll send a message about faith and he'll send a message about humility and he'll send a message about being baptized in the spirit and he'll send a message and he'll constantly, whatever it is, and we're smart enough to know that God is for us and not against us and never take it as condemnation or thinking that we can't, we'll say the Lord will get this message to me. And can can I be honest with you? I haven't always received the first time. I didn't always get the message. I didn't always recognize him right away. But he, in his great love and faithfulness, set me up another appointment. Because I didn't leave him. I didn't reject him. I missed my my window. And so he gave me another window. Window of opportunity, you see. I missed it here, and here comes another one. Here comes another one. And it's it's amazing how long-suffering he is. And he'll give you another chance, another chance. Now, don't, when you know it, don't put him off. Never do that intentionally. But if you've missed it in the past, I want you to know that God is still setting you up to succeed. It's a total trap. <laughs> I tell you, walking with God is dangerous to a defeated lifestyle. Because he's going to keep giving us opportunities to overcome, to win. He's never going to drive us down or kick us down or, 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 or hold us back. He's looking for an opportunity to lift us up. Amen, amen. Praise God. Oh, there's more we could say about that. But, you know, I tell you, if they say sing it again, say why? I wonder why we're supposed to sing it again. Not in a questioning way, like, ah, oh, come on now, man, here we go. Uh, the kids are getting out. <laughs> No, ask in this way, Lord, do I need this? I don't know, but I'm going to participate just in case. I'm going to be involved with it. I'm going to learn. Oh, do I really need a message about patience? I'm pretty patient. Well, maybe you are, and maybe you think you are, (laughs) and maybe you're saying, oh, oh, God must be trying to get something to me but my lack of constancy in my life is prohibiting him and is keeping back his full blessing in my life. And so I'm going to get this. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he'll get, the, he'll get things to us. Praise God. Say it out loud. Say, I know, I know that God is able, God is able to, get to, to, get to get through to me. He speaks to me. He leads me. He leads me. Connects me. He is able able to get what I need to to me me. so I can change, so I can can turn, so I can can be refreshed, so I can can receive his best. best. He's faithful to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for working in us tonight.